Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Toogie's Take Podcast. Celebratory edition, as today was a big, big day in the EA NHL community. Imagine that. We'll get into that discussion. We're going to talk everything that's happened over the last couple of days. Boy, didn't Sin pick the worst week to miss in terms of being able to talk about stuff in the NHL. He picked the absolute worst time. He'll be back next week. Endo is here today. He might not be here next week, though. Yeah. We're trading places all the time. The holiday season's nuts. But, Endo, it's good to have you back here. The duo going at it one more time after, uh, again, we had Tom on the show this past Monday, which I thought went pretty well. Yeah, it went really, really well. I'd definitely love to have him on the uh, the pod uh, whenever he wants. Oh, I'm going to say that, but like it was, it was really good. Great conversation, great learning points for for you and for myself about what goes on uh, in the background when it comes to uh, broadcasting and being play-by-play for a team like the OHL. There you go. So, uh, as per usual, of course, before we get down to business on today's show, we do have to remind you that this broadcast, this program, this podcast, this form of audio entertainment is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, as per usual, you can still use code Tuki at checkout to get 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping. I don't care if you're in Belarus or Belgium, no matter where you are, you can use code Tuki. You can get 20% off your order for all of your grooming needs. It does not matter if it is hair removal related. And if it is, is it your nose? Is it your head? Is it down there? Is it in there? Who knows? And it comes down... <laughs> I knew I could... <laughs> I was drinking. I knew I could get him. Motherfucker. It does not matter if it's a you know, taking care of the hair that's already on your body. They got the brand new shampoo, the two-in-one. It's... It's delightful, delightful stuff. Again, Manscaped has basically everything you could possibly need in terms of male grooming. Treat yourself, take care of yourself this holiday season with Manscaped. Now, Endo, it's been a very interesting day. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you joined this call, you it, essentially it was the equivalent of a Merry Christmas uh, greeting in a way. And we do want to take some time out of uh, the show today before getting into what has happened in the hockey world to talk about. EA NHL 22. Now, as much as I as much as I, I love the likes of uh, No Sleeves and Queso and their Coffee and Shell podcast, it makes almost more sense for them to be able to talk about just the EA NHL series because they're so ingrained in the Hut community. And obviously, there's always going to be more to talk about in Ultimate Team because it's updated more frequently. But today is the day that I get to shine. It's my day. <laughs> Damn it. You, it's my day. <laughs> oh my god, it's the best. <laughs> so today, uh, the EA NHL series for NHL 22, they released a game update. And in talking about what that game update entails, first and foremost, the number one feature is roster sharing has been added to the game. And for those who do not uh, still really kind of have a grasp on what that entails, it essentially means for someone like me, I think most people know at this point, I like to update rosters in my own way. I like to add in the players that EA can't add in. I like to change overalls and potentials to be based more off of an analytical side of things. Now, people might agree or disagree with the outcomes. Again, analytics aren't the end-all, be-all. But it's certainly better than uh, what the EA roster uh, you know, creators seem to do by just picking shit out of a hat on occasion. Um, you know, so it ends up with some interesting results. 
And this feature allows those who are on the same console at the moment, it's not cross-gen, it's not cross-platform, unfortunately. That's the big downside. It's arguably the biggest downside to the entirety of NHL 22 is that it's not cross-gen or cross-platform with how difficult it can still be to get your hands on a new Xbox or a new PlayStation. But it allows somebody on the same console to take someone else's work and download it themselves. So if it's for me, you download my rosters on an Xbox Series S or X, and you get all those created players. You get all those overall and potential changes. You don't have to do a thing. It's now a click of a button, and it's yours. Also on the Xbox, and I have been shouting this man out from the rooftops everywhere, and I'll continue to do so. Good friend of the show, one Mr. Snipe and Score. He put out rosters today for the Series S and Series X that are flashback rosters to the 2007 season and the 1997 season. So this madman went through and meticulously recreated every player and every team needed. So if you download that 97 roster, you got Solani and Korea on the Ducks. You download that 07 roster, well, you don't have Korea on the Ducks anymore, but you have Solani, you have Niedermeyer, you have Pronger, you had the team that won the Cup. And he was even so thorough that he made a post-deadline, a pre- and post-deadline version of the roster, depending on if you want the team that started the year or the team that headed into the, you know, that headed into the playoffs. I didn't know that. It's, That's yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's insane. He's the king, not you. Fuck that. That's what I've been saying the whole time. Like as much as people are like, "Oh, you're ready for roster sharing to come out because it'll stroke your ego." It's like, well, on one hand, yes, that's always nice. <laughs> But also, like, the possibilities it opens up for me, right? Because I would love to be able to do something like that. Mm -hmm. But you've seen it. People who follow me on Twitch oh, have seen it. Fuck. What I do takes a month and a half to two months minimum just to get, like, the base layer done. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I don't have time. Especially, like, when EA added in the alumni rosters and stuff like oh that. Oh, my God. I don't have time to go through and edit that. It's just, it's too much. As it is, when I'm going through this editing process, I don't really have time to play other games. Like, it's only recently, like, you and some of the other friendos that we have have gotten back into playing, like, FIFA Pro Clubs or something yeah. like that. I had to take, like, a month and a half, two months off from that, and it kind of sucks. But, yeah, this is, this is awesome. And, look, there are people out there on pretty much every console. I am going to try and move forward with the idea of trying to promote as many people as I can. You know, on every console, again, it's on Xbox One and PS4 as well, not just the next-gen stuff. On every console, there's someone who does something similar to what I do. Not everything will be the same, but there are people out there that uh, are going to be doing this. So it's just the, the amount of possibilities and the creativity now that the community gets to showcase is awesome, and I am, I am here for it. I think this is one of the best changes they could have made Yes, though, at the same time, and Endo, I'm sure you'll agree, there are a lot of problems that I'd like to see fixed oh, yeah. by now yeah. and that still need to be fixed, but I almost kind of view it as, and, and let, I want to know your thoughts on this too, and again, I wish Sim was here for this conversation. Think back to the last time we launched on a, a new console gen, NHL 15. Mm -hmm. That game sucked. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> that game was absolutely terrible. It was nothing to do. Now... We went back on stream one day and, and played a couple games on 15, and the gameplay wasn't brutal. It no, was okay. it wasn't. It was fine. That game yes. was, that game was, there's one thing that I want to say about NHL 15. I've said this for like 
for time on like till the end of time that game had innovation but it just had no features if you look at 15 16 and 17 before they changed the aesthetic and the look of the game to what it was last year th those games were absolutely great in terms of gameplay everyone hated them because there was nothing to do all you had was hut uh you had like maybe like you had franchise mode and that's it hut franchise mode no no e-show you had online team play there wasn't a lot of stuff to do so people were upset if you go like we went back to it and we said this game is like fundamentally fine there are some animations that skating moves that are in the game then that aren't in the game anymore and i found those yeah. ones are like there's certain ones that if you tuck on a certain way like you'll actually like do a motion to actually tuck it into that um there was more it was more fluid then and now i feel like it's kind of more like it's like staticky it's getting back to the fluidity that it had before but it just it just seems like steps back in a way like the current game right now is fine it's great it's it's playable but it's not like it's not like how it used to be per se hmm. yeah yeah i mean i think you hit the nail on the head right like it was so feature stripped that it has a horrible reputation the way i see it and yes, it felt like NHL 21 didn't have a lot going for it because you could kind of tell they were focusing so much on 22. <laughs> the way I felt like the uh, heading into this year is I felt like 22 would probably be better than it was. I think they've dropped the ball in some ways. But I feel like the way NHL 22 is now, in some ways, it's still better than the alternative. I do think you could say, well, it shouldn't be as bad as 15 or as bad as 22 has been in some regards. And you're not wrong. But I genuinely kind of feel like with the nature of their dev cycle, it was either or. And I'd rather have this be what it is than have another NHL 15. So I, I look at a moment like today with the addition of roster sharing and what else they've added, which we'll get into in a second. And I, I see it as a win. And look, it might not be perfect right now. I agree. There's a lot we should see in this console generation. Cross-gen should be a thing mm -hmm. by next year or the year after at the very latest. Yeah. There's a lot of things they, they can do, but I feel like the addition of roster sharing and some of the other things that they've added in, the building blocks are there. And I think that's what frustrates the community the most is because you can tell it's like th there can be an amazing game here. They just got to kind of unscramble those puzzle pieces and put it together. Yeah. And I think roster sharing helps a ton. It just needs to be cross-gen. Yeah, I think that's one thing stopping it. Another thing, too, would be um, the ability to use custom rosters online and, say, like, online versus. That would be mm -hmm. a great addition, um, whereas you download someone's rosters or you're in a menu and it pulls up. It says, like, do you want to use custom rosters or default rosters? And then you pick Tugi's rosters and you go play online with it. Uh, another thing that we've been yeah. doing with friend of the channel, uh, Timo, Baker and Timo Show, is mm -hmm. we've sort of like Frankenstein our own version of like a connected GM kind of thing where I've seen this, yeah. yeah so what we've done is it's basically kind of like online team play uh just a quick little update right now on the franchise stuff Tugi, uh currently as of my recording um on the broadcast right now I have it on my phone your rosters are at uh let's see 1150 downloads and hey. 37 likes and the second one is Snipe and score with 299. <laughs> if this isn't a message, the I game. mean, there's the ego stroke. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, right. I mean, so on one hand, right, like it's 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 one of those things where I would hope, right, but at the same time, like that validation of like, hey, so far through the first five hours or so that it's been out, 
Hey, you're number one. You're After years of everybody. people being like, oh, if I could download your rosters, I would. And so far, that's proven to be the case, which is pretty nice. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good but, ego stroke, for sure. Yeah, but you mentioned the custom roster thing. I feel like that's one of the next logical steps. Mm-hmm. And I said this on stream today. Custom rosters, GM connected. Bam. That's it. If I can use my custom rosters against my friends and fellow content creators in GM Connected, possibilities are endless. If we can use Snipe and Scores 2007 rosters in GM Connected, come on, man. It's just the idea of that. Goosebumps. You know what? Ridiculous. You know what it is? It's um the idea of allowing. I've talked about this. This worked for Battlefield. The more recent Battlefield came out uh, 20, uh, 2042. Give us a sandbox. Give us a closed environment, but let us do whatever the hell we want with it. And then mm-hmm. ideas and everything can prosper and go ahead. Sort of like what I was saying yeah. before with uh, the idea with Timo is that we we randomized a team. We randomized, picked any team in the NHL. We ended up picking the Florida Panthers, which is a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. So we... What we'll do is we'll have guys come in in the morning or whatever because he streams in the morning, uh, 9 a.m. Eastern, uh, Baker and Time, a show on Twitch. Uh, just a little shout out there. Um, we'll, 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 we'll lobby up into online versus and do six versus the computer all position long. And what we'll do is we simmed an entire season already in the background so we know who's going to make the playoffs. So we basically have to figure out we'll track every game that we play so for example if we need minimum 75 points whatever to get into the playoffs we have to play 82 games and get to 75 points to get in if we don't then whatever we start the season and we do it that way it's kind of like we're macgyvering our own sort of like connected like branch i want to call it connected but it's like versus locked or whatever we're, we're trying to think of a name for it i'm not sure what to call it yet but it's like a great concept uh, that would be amazing if um, online team play was natively supported into the game too, because we don't know when our line changes are supposed to happen because they're because they're, they're they're line changes. So we have to go and pick on our own the one to go to the bench and everything. Someone has to set plays, all that. And it's uh, if anyone from EA is listening to this at all, uh, uh, thank you for um, getting everything done for franchise uh, for franchise for everything that's been done so far, especially roster editing. That's beautiful. I also want to commend you guys for reaching out to the community and doing that stuff with uh, sleeves, uh, with Ben uh, sleeves. Thanks, mm. Clappy, who organized that. That's Clappy Bless. Uh, that man does a lot of work that we don't really know about, and that's the part of being a community manager. There's a lot of stuff that we do on uh, that they do on the background, not we. But uh, just a, yeah, just a big bunch of bootlickers over here. Huh? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. They pay me. There you go. Grammar's um, my sugar daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm affiliated with them and they don't pay me so there you go uh <laughs> oh. um on top of the roster sharing right because i could talk about that for days oh, and yeah. days and days um they dropped this bomb out of nowhere and um yeah pretty much i mean i i as a again someone affiliated with, I, I had the smallest heads up about this uh but they have acquired the double IHF license, meaning that coming in January, we will see the addition of the men's world championship, which I think is pretty cool. That's huge. But it's also not as big as the other two editions. Oh my God. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Also coming in January, they are adding the women's world championships, 
quote, we are pleased to announce that the IIHF women's teams will be added into NHL play now mode in January 22, along with the World Championship authentic tournament structure. Of course, highlighted in their reveal trailer by one Marie-Philippe Poulain and Hillary Knight. I can't is... wait to send Hillary Knight into the boards with Poulain. <laughs> I'm going uh, to, first. I'm only going to go do hip checks. Uh, if we can use them online, I want to like just have a uh, have a lobby set up where we just just don't even score, just throw hippers all day. Because there's no reason you can't do it in World of Chell when you can pick a female. I just want it to be ridiculous. <laughs> Dude, I just in general, like I feel like this is hopefully such a big step forward. Mm-hmm. Like I've talked about it for years. Um, you know, it, it's been almost a decade since Haley Wickenheiser, Cami Granado, and company were in like NHL 13, NHL 14. Might have even been NHL 12. It was NHL, being, tw- NHL 12. It's been a long, yeah. long time. And, we, you know, we've seen the rise of certain women's leagues, and then obviously some fell off. And then you still have the NWHL, which has now become the PHF. And you hope that that stability can lead to the inclusion here. And look, at the end of the day, I think. You look at FIFA yeah. and their implementation of some of the women's licenses, particularly with the Olympics. And for the most part, it's just kind of there. But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it would mean more to the hockey community in a sense. Um, not that you don't have people who care and rightfully so about the, you know, like the Women's World Cup or something like that. Especially, obviously, when like Team USA is going on the crazy run that they've gone on in the past decade mm-hmm. plus. But I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just because I care more about hockey than than the world of football. But man, just to have to have this addition and hopefully it is the start of something is awesome because we've talked about it on this podcast. I would like to think that we're looking like like Hillary Knight, Malifali Plan, and players like that. You would hope it would have been Haley Wickenheiser's generation, but now it's like, please let this be the last generation where there's that uncertainty about how, you know, women hockey players are going to be factored in. Like, just let that league be sustainable. Let them be involved in the video game. Give them the platform, and hopefully this is a part of solidifying that platform. I am stupidly excited about this. It, yeah. was, it was awesome. I'm making Polina and putting her in down on Team Russia. Fuck that. I'm doing that. I'm <laughs> doing go. that. I'm giving her the, oh, she just came home. Hey, Polina! Hey, guess what? I'm putting you on Team Russia. Oh, no, don't worry about it. You'll, you'll you'll understand when the podcast comes out. Don't worry. Okay, yeah, there this we go. This is great audio. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, what? I'm like, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> so. God. And as well, they have announced the inclusion of the World Juniors. Mm-hmm. That's the huge. The Men's World Junior Tournament, That's which huge. right now in its current form in the game it's not great. The rosters oh, aren't yeah. updated. They're based off of last year. The USA roster clearly has stand-ins that should be like NCAA guys and people they can't add. Yeah. As far as I know, there's no even like a proper award ceremony at the end of the World Juniors. I've had people tag me in on Twitter all day. But again, I view it as a building block. Mm-hmm. Like if they do this properly, properly add this in, properly integrate it to franchise and I, I, I will not be holding my breath on that latter one because it's been a couple of years since they added the ECHL and I'm like proper integration in the franchise. That hasn't happened. Be a pro. But be a pro. Be a pro. Do you know how awesome yeah. that would be? 
If you it fuck needs up, to be NBA Pro. It has to, has to be. Like if, if you fuck yeah. up your season in the regular season in the NHL, you get like you get the option to go play for Team Canada or Team Russia or whatever for the World Hockey Championship. That'd be mm-hmm. insane. Excuse me. Yeah, because how many real life players kind of raise their stock right? at the World Juniors after you know maybe not uh, being all that impressive or being drafted late? Like it happens all the time. Exactly that. Then you can talk about adding the Spangler Cup and adding a bunch of other stuff. Like the the, the integration with adding the Champions Hockey League was absolutely great. But I feel like that be a pro like thing is just it, it needs it needs some fine tuning. It needs different mm-hmm. avenues to allow players to go into. Uh, I think one thing for sure is allowing them to play in the in the minors. I think you should be allowed to sign a minor league deal and only a minor league deal instead of like a one-way minor league or like a two-way contract and then yeah. grind it out through the minor leagues. Like kick ass, absolutely dominate in like the AHR or the ECHL so that way you get bought out of a contract and boom, that's another thing. I want more scenarios like that. I know it's a lot of like a lot of work to put in that stuff and the code it all in but that would be the dream that should be the goal yeah that's the goal that's how, that's overall what it should probably end up being everyone's gonna say oh integration with world of Chell and be a pro that's great but i think just make each mode individually like awesome and then collaborate them together when everything's all set and gone you have a good foundation but right now i think it's definitely a good spot and i think it's in a good area i believe there were a bunch of other changes made uh, to the game as well. You guys can find the uh, the patch notes. Uh, EA's put that out there. They've changed quite a bit. Um, you know, you also ended up uh, getting the addition of a lot of jerseys. Like all the jerseys, you know, are in right now for a lot of the uh, national teams and stuff like that. Even small things like within franchise mode now. If you go and look at your draft board and there's a player from the USA, instead of it being a flag, it'll just be like, oh, the U.S. hockey logo. Like they Ooh, changed a bunch of little things. I like that. So, oh, that's really nice. Hmm. So big, big day for the uh, NHL community. Again, if you're on Xbox uh, Series S or X, uh, hey, check out the rosters, I will say. Um, Again, there might be some things that you see. I've put out plenty of videos talking about my process, why I do things the way I do it. But still, check it out. Even if things look weird to you, try it out in franchise. Try it out gameplay-wise. And I think you will discover that you like it quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. To quote Tugi so, on Twitter, um, <laughs> what was it? <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> you no, so, like, hey, look, like, at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, right, like, I I have been doing this for a long time. Like, I, I first uploaded, like, hey, here are my custom rosters with NHL 16 or 17. So I am very much used to the idea of people being like, whoa, whoa I disagree with this, and that's perfectly fine. Um, but you know, there were people yesterday who were like, oh, we're going to, we're just going to try to sit here and dunk on this guy. And then some of the other changes I alluded towards, um, EA making only makes my rosters better. So yeah, I, I dunked back. Um, I'd name this podcast suck my nuts, but I can't, but I did say it on Twitter. Uh, uh and I stand by that. <laughs> you be, uh, hold my huevos and there you go. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Regardless. NHL 22, it's in an interesting spot right now. Um, hey, holiday season. You don't have to pay full price. I recommend maybe checking it out. Yep. With that, we do have some more serious hockey topics to get to today. Uh, so I want to do that. We're going to go back to Monday and uh, talk about some of the games that happened then and there. And, of course, some of the topics that have popped up for these teams since. Uh, Sens beat the Devils 3-2 in a shootout. Meh. 
Batherson and Kachuk each scored their eighth of the year for the Sens. That's fine. You get to the Avs and the Flyers, uh, and the Avs did great. They won 7-5. to five. Uh, <laughs> Kale McCarr, the same night we praised him, scored an unreal end-to-end goal because of course he did. Of course he did. It's just ridiculous. I think it was like 10 minutes after we finished the podcast, wrapped up, <laughs> and we're like, all right, sweet. How- <laughs> oh, shoot. Check my phone. Kale McCall just went end to end. You and Tom both messaged me being like, we just talked about this. It was, <laughs> I, I was dying. Oh, man. It was so good. Um, also in that game, uh, Nazem Kadri scored his 10th of the year because, again, he's crushing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the Flyers, I mean, it's it's been bad, right? Like, they were at 8 and 11 and 4 after this game, but Claude drew two goals up to nine on the year. Oscar Lindblom got his first. So it's we'll talk more about Philly in a little bit. We talked about him a lot in the last episode, too, after firing Elaine Vigneault. Uh, the Caps beat the Ducks 4-3 in a shootout. Not much notable from that one. But then we get the Stars and Yotes. Now, the Stars beat the Coyotes 4-1. to uh, Rupe Hintz is 11th of the year. He's been on fire over the past month. Jamie Benn, 6th and 7th of the year, which is great. For the Coyotes, Louis Erickson hit his 1,000th career game. King Louis. Which... Uh, was memed to death on Twitter. To the surprise of nobody, I guess. But then we get Endo to one of the most interesting talking points we have on today's show. The Arizona Coyotes are back in the news. And it's a question of whether or not they've paid their bills and whether or not they're going to get locked out of their arena. And right now it's a lot of he said, she said as it seems to be. Now, Katie Strang, who has put out numerous uh, numerous articles covering the Coyotes in the past calendar year, um, had another article out on The Athletic with the headline of Coyotes could be locked out of home arena by the city of Glendale for unpaid arena charges and delinquent tax bills, which had been talked about in her other article over the summer. You then have the Coyotes saying, we don't know anything. And then apparently... Um, they sent $1.4 million to the state of Arizona Department of Revenue for back, tax, for back taxes in the last 24 hours. You saw nothing. I, no, I, I have said numerous times. Like, look, bottom line is, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Are the Coyotes going to get locked out? Maybe, maybe not. Do they actually owe a shitload of money? Maybe, maybe not. I have no idea. It's, it's just, it's so weird. Yeah. It's, it's just such a shitty situation. But I will say I'm starting to soften my stance a little bit. Like, I said before that in no way did I imagine the Coyotes moving. I'm starting to change my tune on that. If they get locked out. Because if they get locked out of their arena... Sure, uh, Arizona State University just got this new complex. Oh, Maybe they work out beautiful. a deal for that. But if they don't work out a deal for that short term, are you going to send them back to San Jose? I don't think you could pull that off. Not not this season. Because you'd have to completely rework the Coyote schedule. Yeah. So they need their own place. Would the Toyota Center in Houston make sense? And if... If they were to go to Houston for the back half of this season and people in Houston show the hell up, 
who knows what happens at that point, you know? Yeah. I think it's one of those things where not necessarily the exact situation in New Orleans, but there was the thing with the uh, with the Hornets at one point, thanks to Katrina, where it's like, hey, we're in we're in Charlotte, we're in New Orleans. Oh, hey, we need to go to Oklahoma City because of the because of the hurricane. And then they go back to New Orleans, but in Oklahoma City, they showed up for the hurricanes, and then little next thing we know, Oklahoma City Thunder are a thing. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know what's gonna happen here. I mean, I'd like to think at this point, because we've heard for year after year after year after year that nope, it's gonna stay. They're gonna stay. It's the plan they're gonna stay. Oh, they're gonna move, and then they never move. I just I just can't th- help but think they're going to stay, but I'm I'm starting to believe a little bit more that maybe just maybe because you want to say how much smoke before there's actually a fire. How the hell isn't this building burned down already is my question. Yeah, well, they say uh, there are three things in life that are inevitable. Death, taxes, and the Arizona Coyotes being threatened to move to fucking Quebec City or or Houston or anything. This this is I think it's hilarious that the, the their backup plan is basically going over to Arizona State University, who in turn were using their facilities a few years ago when theirs was getting built up, um, mm. which is which I find is it's highly ironic that you have to like basically be like, hey little brother, can we can we move in? I got kicked out. Uh, mom said <laughs> I was being a little spoiled little brat, and yeah. So I think we could sit here and speculate all day about what's going to happen here. It really is just to sit back and wait and see type of thing, but poor Coyotes fans. That's all I got. It's just poor Coyotes fans because every time you're like, hey, maybe there's just that little bit of like, okay, we're okay. It always just something else sparks up. It's crazy. The other two games on Monday, I want to mention the Vancouver Canucks beating the LA Kings 4 to nothing. Thatcher Demko shutout. That was Bruce Boudreaux's first game in charge. We'll talk more about Bruce towards the end of the show. And the Pittsburgh Penguins beat the Seattle Kraken 6-1. to one. Uh, For the Penguins, Jeff Carter had two goals, his 6th and 7th. Jake Gensel had two goals, his 14th and 15th. But he also picked up an injury and will apparently be out on a week-to-week basis, which is... I mean, it's, it's no... I mean, it's... It's certainly no understatement to say that like losing Jake Gensel hurts a team that's at 12, 8, and 5 in a very competitive Metro division where you can't really afford to have any of your top players out for a significant period of time without that heavily affecting your chances. I mean, he is currently tied for 7th in the league in goals. That's that's tough to lose. Yeah, um, especially with um, scoring rates going up now in the NHL, uh, it's... It's ridiculous. You lose a guy like that, you got to hope and pray that the rest of your depth can actually pick it up and pick up the slack, essentially. Yeah. So, uh, aside from that, to the Kraken, uh, Jordan Eberly scored his 12th of the year. So, surprise, surprise, Jordan Eberly's still good. Maybe the New York Islanders could use a guy like that. Probably should have tried to find a way to get them to take somebody else. You guy. I see what you're doing. <sighs> On Tuesday. The Toronto Maple Leafs beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 5-3. The heavy hitters, William Nylander's 11th of the year, Tavares is 12th, Matthews his 16th and 17th. Endo, your thoughts on this particular game from Tuesday night, if you uh, recall anything specific. 
that Michael Bunting assist was beautiful. If you aren't familiar with the play, he's in front of the net. Just a quick little like backhand, like back backhand between the legs over the Austin Matthews taps it in. Beautiful play. Um, team scoring, team's doing good. Uh, again, uh, big bounce back from the situation when they played. Uh, excuse me. Uh, big bounce back from when they played uh, the Jets because uh, that was a goddamn travesty. Uh, I, I think it's the best way I can put it. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Spezza with six game suspension, which I think is fair. Um, there are other ways for you to get back at a player uh, for injuring your guy. One of them is not doing a Samus like a Samus Aaron charge to like their <laughs> chest and or neck. Mm. Uh, so, okay, well, here, we can talk about it because that was coming up next. I was going to say yeah. for the Blue Jackets, the only bright spot, Bjorkstrand had a seventh and eighth in that game. Fire. The main talking points about the Leafs are in regards to everything in the aftermath of that game against the Winnipeg Jets. As mentioned, um, you know, Neil Pionk was involved in a knee-on-knee hit with Rasmus Sandin. He was suspended two games for that. But Pionk is now also listed out thanks to a concussion from the Jason Spezza incident, where, like you said, he cannonballed into um, into Pionk when he was in a really uh, rough situation, a really vulnerable position. And Spezza, despite no prior suspension history, was suspended for six games. Yeah, I think that's now. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you're the Leafs fan here. I want your opinion on that. I think that's definitely the Department of Player Safety trying to get back in the good books with people. Uh, it's a questionable like suspension. Uh, we're seeing that length. I think he, I think he definitely deserves suspension. Um, six yes. games. I think it's them being like, okay, we're gonna try and clean up a little bit now, uh, a little bit. Hmm. Even though they've like completely just dropped the ball this whole entire season, whole entire year. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it's it's a work in progress, I guess. But you're a professional. You're supposed to be taking this. Properly, you can't be doing makeup calls. You should be getting it right all the time. If not, you should be finding someone else to do the job for you. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the main takeaway from this, right? Is it's like, oh, okay, that's that's a six game suspension. I'm not saying that's wrong, but when you have others, you know, other instances that could have been suspended for just as long, yep. and either didn't get a single suspension, a single game, even fined, let alone multiple games. Trevor Pullman it just contributes to with the slobber knocker with the stick in the head. Oh, I, I will not let that go. That I do not understand how Tucker Pullman only got two games for swinging his stick at someone's head. It wasn't, and I hate to even bring it up. It wasn't Marty McSorley and Donald Brashear, but even just letting that be the precedent of swinging your stick at someone's head, as light as it may have been, and the precedent, eh, two games. That's yeah. Question. Uh, did yeah. did Binnington get a suspension for when he swung a stick at Kadri? No, not not even a fine. I, I don't know. If, I don't think he got fined either. I could Jesus. be wrong, but I don't recall anything coming out of that. Yeah, you should at least do something um, for that. If you're gonna fucking bop a guy in the head, like it's fucking bop it. Give him a suspension. Well, I mean, it was it was gamesmanship though. He was trying to get into his head, uh, literally as I viewed it. Um, but yeah, it's you can do other things. We'll talk. talk about it. Yeah, a little bit later on because spoiler alert, we got to talk about Jacob Truba and the past couple of days. Um, you know it. I I just like to see incidents like this be treated with more consistency, and have the severity of the incidents be properly assessed. I am not against six games for Spezza. 
despite his lack of history for this incident. What he did was bullshit. If it wasn't Jason Spezza, and I won't even throw his name, I don't want to throw his name out there. Don't do it. But he was a Leaf at the time. Curtis Gabriel, who was just traded to the Chicago Blackhawks oh. for Chad Chris today. That is what it is. I'm surprised Gabriel got traded. If Curtis Gabriel did that, Imagine the reaction. Oh, yeah. Someone who's known as a fringe NHLer, if he did that, mm-hmm. people would be calling for 20-plus games. But because it's Spezza, and the officiating was so bad, and the DOPS has been so bad, six games seems like a bit much. And that just shows how entirely screwed up the situation is. And it's it's just it's awful. Uh, that's the only way to sum up the DOPS this season. Absolutely awful. This is the worst standard that they have ever set in a season for what you know, a, a, a fine or a suspension looks like. Yep. Accurate. On top of that, um, I talked about the heavy hitters. There's one heavy hitter for the Leafs that is out now, and that is Mitch Marner out for three to four weeks. I don't know anything about this injury or even what happened. So uh, I know a little bit about it. So it was a regular play in practice, believe it or not, usually when this all happens. Um, hmm. If I can recall... There was a play between him and Muzzin. And then, like, there is, I think, Muzzin hit, got tangled up with um, with Marner. And then they went into the boards. And then Marner was pissed. And it was shaken up a little bit. And I think it's, like, definitely precautionary. Because um, that gives you... He's on the LTIR now. And it gives you more cap space to ground and throw guys up. So, yeah. Fair enough. At the end of the day, uh, interesting time for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. On Tuesday as well, the Lightning beat the Habs 3-2. to two. Uh, Maroon and Perry each scoring their sixth of the year because, of course, for the Lightning. And for the Habs right now, I mean, man, I don't know if you saw their injury list. They are just getting destroyed. Destroyed, destroyed by injuries. It's it's brutal. They're six eight and or six eighteen and three. Uh, yeah, they're going to be in the Shane Wright conversation. That's that's your that's your championship this year. Is hoping that you have the highest odds possible by the end of the year. And it's still crazy to think that again, fresh off of a Stanley Cup Finals appearance, they fire Mark Bergevin, and now here they are. I. I, I don't know. I, I can't say I'm upset because, you know, it's the Habs. But, I mean, not a single fan base would be like, ah, yes, I'd, I'd handle the situation well. Like, the, it, it has to suck. It has to suck. Yeah. Um, I think it's been really, really bad management um, in terms of... I mean, I, I want to say I want to blend the management, but at the same time, you... You know what? It does fall on management. It does fall on mismanagement of players um not keeping some guys around uh i'll go back to cock and yemi uh he he would be a vital piece to that team right now he'd be like a backbone they'd have to lean off of but they set them packing mm. uh the use of cold coffee has been eh uh but obviously having price go down having weber basically retire unofficially it's you're, you're one of the weird scenario where i've said before on the podcast it seems like they don't have any depth but at the same time, the Laval Rocket are doing really, really well. They're like, are they doing well? Or are they closer to five hundred? I think they're like top of their division. I can check right now. Because I remember Worth a shot. The AHL's weird, though. AHL is very weird. Yeah, 
All right, let me check right um, now. Go to the next point. I'll yeah. get back to it now. Well, well, no, we'll get we'll get clarification on that. But I think it just kind of goes to show, right? Where it was almost a perfect storm for the Habs. All the injuries, all the departures, the it's, everything that could have possibly gone wrong has gone wrong. The only question is whether or not in the next couple of years, if it was more of a good thing for everything to go wrong now, instead of them going down the path of, oh no, we're legit, and then well you're not, and then you try to force it too much and then you have to blow it up and it's no one's happy so okay so one thing i want to notice um uh, i want to note and it's actually really hilarious uh so laval is actually just about 500 or 524 okay um uh, i confused them with utica who right now is at 895 and have not lost a, they've only lost one game regulation that is ridiculous um mm. i want to play a game with you right now don't look up the laval rocket in the roster Guess how many are Quebec born? On Laval? On Laval. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Honestly, I'm going to say a lot. I'm going to say the, out of how many players? Am I guessing a number or what's the deal? Guess. Okay, so let's see. I'm going to count right now how many they have on their active roster. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13 forwards. Great audio again. Yeah. I'm having a good time. <laughs> 13 forwards, 4, 8, 9. So that's 21. I'll say. 23. They have 23 on their active roster right now. Guess how many okay. of them are, are Quebecois? Um, I'm trying, like, literally, because of all the roster editing, like, I'm trying to think in my head of who is on that team. The only guy that's coming to mind is Xavier Huavet. Um,. God, how many are Quebecois? I feel like it's okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the fair guess of half, at least half. There are 14 members of the Laval Rocket who are Quebecois born. 14. Now that's a team you can get behind in Quebec. Yeah, I want sold out. That's the team to support. That's a real Canadiens team right there. Yeah, just like the real ones, barely at the bottom of the barrel. Let's go. It's great. Brutal. Um. On Tuesday, the New York Islanders finally snu- uh, finally stopped an 11-game losing streak by beating the Ottawa Senators 5-3. to uh, They got absolutely roasted by everybody during that losing streak, uh, and even after, including uh, by the likes of literally everybody oh on the most recent edition of AEW Dynamite on Wednesday. It was glorious. Um, speaking of which, you know, I, I threw out that idea of the whole Tuke Talk thing, like, hey, little bonus episodes on uh, Patreon, perhaps. I might actually do that, because there's a lot that I want to talk about, so look out for that on the Patreon side of things, for those of you who still support over there. I got a lot to talk about, there including F1, which, you know, championship will be decided this weekend. Got some wrestling to talk about, and uh, some football as well, because the Patriots did you, are number one. Did you hear about the Bing Bong Parlay? The Bing Bong? What? So we don't really talk about gambling and all that, but so there was a there was a parlay that got set up that every team in New York would win a game, would win the game that night, and it would hit out okay. massively. So like the Knicks, because like obviously because Bing Bong, because uh, street talk, uh-huh. and we shared our DMs, Bing Bong. Um, but um, like every team, every New York team won, and the parlay was ridiculous. Ridiculous! I had I saw people putting in like a hundred dollars on it, getting like a thousand back. It was nuts. It was unreal. Huh. You want to look this up? It's ridiculous. Obviously, I might have to. Yeah, I was but... obviously um be safe. Uh, don't gamble. Uh, 
within out of okay, reason. Okay, so yeah. yeah, I'm looking at it. So it was the Knicks, the Nets, the Rangers, and the Islanders to all win. And the, and all the odds won. on it apparently were plus 800. <laughs> so stupid. And, app- and apparently it hit. It hit hard. <laughs> God. Uh, according to uh, a different out, a different source, it was a, a plus ten thirty. So yeah, if you, uh, damn, bang bong, <laughs> good for New Fuck York. Fuck your life, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, no side talk is uh, that's something else. That entire right. channel. We want to see the Joe um, Byron right now. <laughs> What's up, baby? Take me to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. It's the best oh. content. On Twitter, freaking YouTube, yeah. and TikTok. Side talk NYC, and it's just ridiculous. If <laughs> you want to know where all the interesting memes have been that you've been hearing for the past two months, that that's where they come from. Hundred percent. Basically, every single one of them. Um, I'll mention to the Islanders in that game. Anders Lee, fifth and sixth of the year. We called him out for not really scoring all that much recently, and there you go. He, uh, yeah, he um, immediately starts doing well because that's how things happen. Uh, the Preds beat the Red Wings 5-2. to two. Nothing overly interesting from that one. But then, on Tuesday, the Anaheim Ducks beat the Buffalo Sabres 2 to nothing. Anthony Stolarz recorded the shutout for Anaheim. And we saw the goal of the year and the goal that we will see on every highlight reel for the rest of our lives. Yeah. If you watch a best goals compilation that is made in 2021 and beyond, the end of 2021, let's just call it 2022. Any greatest goals of all time compilation from 2022 until the end of the world, you will see this play. As Trevor Zegras essentially fakes the Michigan from behind the back of the Sabres goal, lofts the puck over the goal... From behind the goal to in front of the goal, where Sonny Milano bats it in. No high stick. Dude, so the Connor McDavid goal against the Rangers again. I I had my critiques. But then Connor McDavid did it again against the Winnipeg Jets. And right. I had no critiques. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that's the goal of the year. It has to be. And then this happens. Like, I don't give a shit if it happened against Buffalo. Oh my! This is the goal of the year. Hundred percent. This is the goal of, the goal of our lifetime. He, this is unreal. He can't get better than that. That was, I think, the one thing that was even more impressive than anything else was that <laughs> Trevor Zegras has it behind the net. Sonny Milano is yelling out, "Michigan, Michigan, Michigan!" <laughs> he's telling him to hit the Michigan, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, just pass it over." <laughs> That's what I love about the interview after the game. After the game, was like, well, what, what was your idea on doing that move? He's like, uh, <laughs> Sonny uh, said I should hit the Michigans, but I, I didn't have enough time, so I just flicked it over the net to him, and I was surprised that it worked. He was, like, on the bench in disbelief. He was like, did I do that? Am I God? What is going on? Yeah, he was literally just, like, laughing to himself that he actually did that. God. And it's funny because for so long... For so long, for so long, we kept hearing like, oh, here we go. The the future, uh, the future of hockey, right? And oh, all these all these moves you see on YouTube and on TikTok and Insta. Pavel Barber start seeing people. is an innovator. 
He is a legend. Yeah. He can't like, make dude, it in like, the league, it. but he is an absolute god. It was yeah. it was almost um you know, it was almost getting to become I don't want to say hyperbole, but just in a way almost like just how many people were like, "Oh, you're going to start seeing moves that Pavel Barber and Zach Bell and people like that pull off. You're going to start seeing people try that creativity. And then it starts with the Michigan. And you have Svechnikov pulling it off. And now we're at the point where Chris Kreider tried the fucking Michigan like two years later. Chris Kreider is trying the Michigan. And then you have Trevor Zegers doing shit like that. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. We are, we are going to continue to see this expanded level of creativity. And it's... I can only imagine the the highlight reel goals that we're going to see in just the next couple of years, let alone the next 10. This goal was unbelievable and hands down goal of the year unless somebody pulls off something else. Like, we're going to see fucking Connor McDavid's going to have a breakaway from center ice. He's going to get the puck. He's going to lift the puck onto his blade and do the fucking left, right, left, right, left, right, all the way down. <laughs> like, it's gonna, it's like, someone's going to try it. Someone's going to try it. It's going to be fucking stupid oh my god and i love it i want to see someone in the goal. shootout do the um there's a move where pavel barber will just like get like go low get on his stick and start spinning in a fucking circle like pirouettes on the ice yeah and then fake it, it, it one way and throw it backhand i'm like what the fuck if they make that legal someone will try it yeah essentially remove the rule about not being able to go backwards like at all take out the uh the wiggle room for uh, the, the room for debate and just let the creativity fly. I, I can already see Trevor Zegras doing a, a fucking front Michigan. I can see that. <laughs> I can see it happening. I don't care. Next thing you know, he's going to be like a backhand Michigan. That's no, going to be so what insane. He'll, do is he'll, he'll be skating towards the net on a penalty shot. He'll go for the Michigan, but then drop it while it's in the air and then put his stick between his legs and bat it out of midair. That's some fucking Eshel <laughs> shit. That's not even in the game yet. You don't can't even give... do that in Eshel and Trevor Zegers is going to pull it off. Don't give Call them it. ideas. I already know for a fact, like a selling point of the game is going to be able to do that. Like from behind the net, like the pass like that in Eshel. They did that for what? 20 for was it 20 or 21? They added, they added Michigan. 21. 21. So they did that for 21. They're going to do it for 23. And then, like, they're just going to be like, all right, sweet, great. I mean, technically speaking, you already had that stuff in NHL 06. Mm. So it's more another technically, not really, but it's kind of another situ situation where it's, hey, we took something out and put it back in. It's ridiculous, yep. isn't it? Love it's it. ridiculous. But you know what? Uh, yeah. God. Yeah. St. Louis Blues beat the Florida Panthers 4-3 to just to spite Sim for the win. Um, you know, a couple of just goal total updates and stuff like that from that one. Nothing too crazy. Barkoff, thankfully, was in that game, though, after the injury scare that he had earlier in the week. The Hurricanes beat the Jets. Again, there's some goal total updates. That is what it is. But the highlight of this game was Ian Cole uh, getting called for kneeing Mark Shifley, in which case he was only fined five grand. Now, look, I still have the opinion that most knee-on-knee -knee penalties are not necessarily the idea of I'm going to skate as fast as I can at the other person, stick my leg out, and fucking buckle their knee. Most of which are uh, a slight change in direction from the opposing player and the person trying to hit them 
overextends just to try and get some contact. And unfortunately, when you overextend to try and get, you know, upper body contact, knee on knee is much more likely. I still, like, you talk about the DOPS, the rules that need to be uh, rewritten. I still have the opinion that you are at fault for the incident that takes place. I don't think on this particular play, Ian Cole went at it to say, like, I'm going to try to destroy Mark Shifley's knee. But there was significant knee-on-knee contact. I think the only thing that saved him and justifies a 5K fine in a way is that it was called a major on the ice. But at the same time, it just still doesn't kind of sit right. And that's because of the way the DOPS have handled things. But um, I don't know. Interesting that the Jets were involved in another situation with a player... uh, and knee-on-knee contact this time, just on the receiving end of it. But I, I don't know what the hell's going on lately, but we've seen quite a few uh, instances like that as of late, and uh, it's it's not great. Seems like uh, everyone went from P.K. Sluban to uh, Jacob Neba. I don't know. I have a joke there. There's a joke there somewhere. There's a, there's a joke there. Um, <laughs> Jacob Neba. Yeah. Well, that does bring us to the Rangers and Hawks <laughs> game on Tuesday. That's the best segue we're getting today. Um, should note as well, uh, the Rangers winning this game 6-2. to two. As a result, they set a franchise record for most wins through the first 24 games of a season. They are 17-4-3 at that point. Crazy that this team, and again, there's a lot of Rangers fans who are mocking it. Oh, Tom Wilson killed the Rangers. And now here the Rangers are at 17-4-3 as of Saturday. They would play again on Wednesday. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, you know, end of the day... I, I I can't help but think that they're doing they're doing pretty good. I mean, well, obviously that they're doing pretty good, but just doing better than anyone expected. Because I still look at that Rangers roster and I'm like, I don't know. But goddamn, like in this game, our Tammy Panarin gets his eighth and ninth of the year. Chris Kreider, who I will mention every time, has 17 goals on the year. You know, great performance in that regard. But this game will not be remembered for that. Uh, it'll be remembered for Jacob Truba, who did score his fifth of the year, by the way, in this game. Uh, this was the game where he hit Jujakera, who was out cold before he hit the ice. He was on the ice for a long time, went to the hospital, is now out of the hospital, but is on IR. I have looked at this hit a few times, and the other hit that we'll talk about as well. And um, you know what? Let's talk about these two hits together. So we'll, we'll talk about the Kara hit in a second. Um, only other thing to note, there were two other games on Tuesday. Wild beat the Oilers 4-1. to one. Again, like Erickson, Eck, and Felino both scoring because they've both been great. They're at at least 10 goals. Uh, and then the Sharks beat the Flames 5-3. to three. Tomas Hurdle had a hat trick. He's up to 12 goals in the year. Please, God, trade him for Jake DeBrusque. It brings us to Wednesday. And let's talk about that Avs-Rangers game where the Avs did win 7-3. to three. Um... And for the Avs, I mean, two goals from Mika Rantanen, two goals from Leo O'Connor. Crazy. Truba scored again, but Truba was again involved in an incident where he hit Nathan McKinnon. And I still don't know what to make of these. Because I think the issue coming out of these games is that there is still too much room for discussion. With hits like this. Because the argument I have seen is people are either saying the head was hit first. It should be a hit to the head. 
the counter argument is, well, there was head contact with the shoulder, but the majority of the contact went through the, you know, the upper body, the chest, the shoulders, and so therefore it's technically illegal as the rules are written now. And then people will counter with, well, in the Kara incidents, he was out cold, and you're not going to be out cold from a check that's a principal point of contact to the, the body. It would be the head. What? There's just too much maneuverability. How is that? Yeah. If the, the point of contact's the chest, but you snap your head back and hit the ice, and you're out cold. See, this this is my point. I, I'm just throwing out like all the different right. examples of how I've seen this discussed, and that's my point. There needs to be, period, end of story, a rewriting of the rules to establish that any head contact is head contact, period. Not, oh, well, if you hit the head, but then the majority of the hit follows through the chest or shoulders, then it's not really a hit to the head. It's got to be either or. You cannot allow this level of discussion to take place because at the end of the day, then you're not protecting the players. And look, I get it. Both McKinnon and especially Kara didn't exactly have their heads up. And I look on this on the last show, you heard us react or watched us react to the Adam Ernie hit on Anthony Beauvillier, which was clean as a whistle. And holy hell, did we all react and celebrate that? Because at the end of the day, big hits in hockey are still great. But much like I talked about with the knee-on-knee -knee contact, you have to be responsible for it. The way I see it, regardless of whether or not someone had their head down, you need to have the rules written to say it's on. It's the responsibility of the dude you know, committing to the check that he needs to make sure there's no head contact involved whatsoever. Is it written that way right now? Not necessarily, and I understand that. That is the way I'd want it to go. Because you can't really counter that by saying, oh, well, people would just keep their heads down. No, the fuck they wouldn't. Like, the the instance in which Kara has his head down and is reaching for the puck and everything like that, that doesn't happen all the time, nor would it if the rule was rewritten. You're not going to have people running around like a custom EASHL skater with a stupid stance. Like, that's just not how that works. So, yeah, right, people skating around like this. Great. <laughs> um, oh, my God. <laughs> that's for the video portion. Um yeah, God, and no, your take on these hits because I've gone back and forth. I, I I'm just frustrated by the entire situation. Really, it, it's it, it's it's hard to call it because you you don't want any head contact. Uh, you still want to keep the game physical, but at one point does um at at one point does physicality and safety become an issue? Like, what point bring what point do you draw the line between them? And that's definitely something that the NHL. And the NHLPA need to talk about and say, hey, listen, we need to figure this out because a lot of guys are getting hit now, um, whether it's like from the head or from the knee. And like, we need to figure out like what exactly is the line between getting hit and it being a clean hit or like a call or a penalty or like a suspension because it's happening a lot, not just this season. It's happened like for the past few years, but now it's getting more prevalent with guys are being more comfortable on the ice, especially after COVID and everything. And yeah, um, that's that's basically what I gotta say on that. We gotta we gotta have a sit down and figure out what's going on. You had someone like Andrew Shaw on Twitter mentioning like, "Oh, cool. When are you gonna start protecting the players and tagging the NHL?" You need to like. There's nothing that says you can't rewrite these rules. Yeah. You know, like when these rules were written about head contact, people weren't skating as fast as Connor McDavid. Yeah. You know, 
I mean, you can argue that, like, oh, Pavel Bure exists and stuff like that, but you notice how many rules changed from the era of Pavel Bure to today? <laughs> These rules can change. They need to be they need to be addressed. They do. This again, no matter what side of the argument you are on, I would like to think that you can agree that a discussion over head contact and hockey shouldn't there shouldn't it shouldn't exist. It should be either or. And that is the safest uh, direction that they can take for the players. And they haven't taken it, and it sucks. On Wednesday as well, our final two games to talk about. This one, there's really not too much to mention. The The Devils beat the Flyers 3 to nothing. Blackwood with the shutout. Uh, Bratt and Mercer with their seventh of the year, respectively. Uh, both have been great. Mercer's obviously been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Flyers, of course, fired Elaine Vigneault. They are 8-12-4. and four. And we might not be that far off from the great fire sale of Philadelphia. Oh, boy. If this continues, because, my God, like, for whatever reason, it's just everything has gone wrong for that team this year. Endo agrees. Yeah, I got, I got, I sorry, I didn't realize there was a, a notion to talk. I'm not really familiar with what's going on with them. I know they're not performing that well. I mean, oh, fuck, 8, 8, 12, and 4. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything else to say other than that's they got to figure out what's going on there. Uh, usually firing the coach does something. It, it helped with uh, with Vancouver, who we'll get on to talk about uh, right after this. But I, I hope uh, things work out for them, honestly. I was actually mistaken. There was another game to mention. The Golden Knights beat the Dallas Stars 5-4. Uh, both teams' key players getting a lot of goals there, uh, to be honest. I mean, especially for Dallas, their key players have heated up. Pavelski had a two-goal game in the loss. And that brings us to our final game and our final talking point. Although I do want to mention, um, the NHL right now uh, is undergoing like their board of uh, directors, board of governors conference. And Gary Bettman was quoted in saying this about the Coyotes arena situation. Quote, there's no problem, but we'll deal with that tomorrow. <laughs> you know, that so, sounds like... What uh, the hell does that mean? That sounds like... Lawyer uh, gonna lawyer. Yeah. I, that's uh, that's money right there. Uh, that I just, that sounds like they've already paid off the expenses or had the money in place to give it to them via loan, which is hilarious because they really don't want to get rid of Arizona because of the gambling stuff over there. I know that for a fact. I know they just recently had the whole gambling thing open up there. And uh, yeah, there's a the whole tie to how beneficial it is for the owner to own a sports team and what that means for his ability to essentially have legalized gambling in the state of Arizona. Yeah, um, it's great it's, for it's, me. Again, yeah, it's an entire mess. It, it's great for me because here in Ontario, I just I just put 20 bucks on the on the Coyotes. And when they win, when they do, which is very rare, I get a good, decent money that bag, which I then put towards donating to my favorite streamer, Deke Slayer. And I say this is a. Uh, this is the Coyotes tax. I'm sorry that they uh, <laughs> that they're doing this to you. Uh, and then we get to our final game uh, and final talking point of the day, as the Vancouver Canucks beat the Boston Bruins two to one in a shootout. Brock Besser his sixth, Bergeron his ninth. Bruce Boudreaux is two and zero as the head coach of the Vancouver Canucks, and Canucks fans are absolutely loving life right now and as they should you know as they i can't i mean obviously I'm, I'm not too happy that my favorite team lost but at the end of the day just the the instant turnaround and the the attitude of the canucks fan base that there's actually the sense of hope and it's not just within 
the, the, the fan base, it's the team as well. You have Quinn Hughes being quoted um, in saying, because he was recently put on the penalty kill, and he said, for Bruce to put me on the PK, it means a lot. I'm trying to round out my game, and I'm tired of hearing that I'm just an offensive defenseman. So already you have someone like Quinn Hughes who was like, oh my god, you're giving me a chance, that's awesome. Like, that's what you need. Mm-hmm. You needed the coach to come in, and you needed that change in the front office to instill some confidence in the young members of this core. I don't think this team is as talented as the 2019 St. Louis Blues, or at least as well-rounded. But if you were to tell me that the Canucks were going to go on the warpath and end up making the playoffs, I could believe you. I, I think we could see that type of turnaround. It wouldn't even be as drastic as the turnaround uh, that we saw for the Blues back in 2019, which, again, I always hate to bring up. But I I think they're going to be looking good. I, I do. I, I could easily see this team kind of turning things around and ending up with a winning record sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, the, the quote, uh, their, their lineup, their, their fans... Bruce, there it is. Bruce, there it is. Bruce, that, okay, oh my, I forgot Pelini's on a call during the podcast. Sorry. Oh yeah. <laughs> DMCA, DMCA. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, it's 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 just awesome. Yeah. And then the news today that former Pittsburgh Penguins general manager Jim Rutherford has reappeared. He just disappeared. When he left the uh, Penguins, and he is just reformed. He's here, and he is the new president of the Canucks. Very similar, of course, to the, I mean, granted, you know, president of operations, president, whatever. Very similar to the role that Jeff Gorton's taken on in Montreal, similar to the role that Brian Burke has in Pittsburgh. Mm. And Jim Rutherford will be the man to name the next GM of this team. They have their coach. They have... You know, a veteran leader in the likes of Jim Rutherford, and now they just need that GM. It's it's looking pretty good. Like I I have my doubts over over Jim Rutherford, right? Like, but at the very least, he's not outright the GM. Mm-hmm. There is obviously no denying the legacy he leaves behind in Pittsburgh. Now, granted, before they won back to back cups, the people were talking like, "Oh, maybe Jim Rutherford's not the guy anymore," and I think that that was a fair critique at the time. But you talk about some of the moves that happened towards the end of Jim Rutherford's tenure. Some of the contracts that were signed towards the end of Jim Rutherford's tenure. And yeah, a lot of Penguins fans weren't exactly upset to see the guy go. You know? Like the idea of we're going to get rid of Patrick Hornquist to bring in Mike Matheson. That was questionable. Uh, the decision to reacquire Kasperi Kapanen from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Questionable, I think. Uh, you know, you gave up a third round pick to get Patrick Marlowe. The 2020 deadline. Questionable, Questionable. I think. Uh, they, and I think we have the full deal now here, but the decision to get rid of Kalen Addison. Uh, Alex Galchenyuk, not so much, but Kalen Addison in a uh, conditional first-round pick in exchange for Jason Zucker. I don't think Jason Zucker's that bad, but, you know. um, I also don't think that conditional first went through, and if it did, I don't have the updated information on that. But, like, point being, there are moves where you can just be like, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. At the very least. So I'm intrigued, but do I imagine him being uh, any worse than Jim Benning? No, I don't. So for Canucks fans right now, enjoy this. Again, I think they can turn it around. Even if they don't, there is that sense of, 
oh my god, we actually have some hope here. And I, again, enjoy it, because even two weeks ago, it was looking dire. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about the managerial stuff with Pittsburgh. There was some rumblings about some stuff that happened in the past with stuff happening in Pittsburgh, and apparently his name was... People are throwing things out, apparently him being tied to some weird things that happened over there with previous management. I don't know if that's true. I don't believe it's true, but... Uh, hmm. This could be a good thing for Vancouver. Um, you never know how things are going to work with a new GM or new coach, new anything. Excuse mm. me. Um, but uh, it's a good start. Uh, I wouldn't want to see a team like be absolutely dog shit. It, it sucks because they got to You got to your your professional sports team. You got to keep a level of professionalism, right? So yeah, I I hope. Um, that goes down to me hating the idea of tanking and teams like objectively diminishing their roster or trading pieces away to get like stars in that sense. I, I hate mm -hmm. that concept. I really do. Um, but uh, that's apparently part of the sport. So there's not much I can really do about it. So with that, everybody, I think that's going to conclude a uh, bit of a shorter show here today. There wasn't as much to talk about. I mean, there were some big topics, of course, but we do want to thank you for listening or for watching. We will be back next week. Endo, I think, is going to have the week off, so Sin and I should be here at the very least on Monday. Maybe Endo will tag around as well. I think those plans are up in the air, but yeah. regardless, a, a good day for the EA NHL community as I will... Uh, Continue to dunk on people who <laughs> critique shit at face value. It's, oh my god, fun, I, I murdered that one kid. Can I talk about that? If you want, I just, go ahead and I the show fucking won't be here for murdered that kid. Holy shit. Okay, so a little bit of context. Um, they obviously they released the uh, the roster update. Uh, everything out there, roster sharing's out. And this kid says, you know, uh, the announcement of the IHF having the partnership and having all these players in there, like we said, men's world hockey, women's world hockey, and world juniors. This kid says, not like we never had this before. Whack. And I said, please point to the EA NHL title with a full IIHF license with World Juniors Women's Hockey and 100% authentic uniforms. This man, I don't, I've never ratioed someone before, but I feel like I am now his dad because I just made him my bitch and I'm expecting a Father's Day present uh, on the 19th of June this year. You can find me at Ando Mills on Twitter yeah. and Twitch and YouTube. You can find me dunking on fucking DJs like this. Oh shit, he's a Habs fan. <laughs> Fucker. I'll dunk on him even harder. Okay, yeah, but you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, uh, YouTube, all that. Just having fun with everything. Hmm. That's me. That's where I'm at, the fella. Hopefully, I will see you guys next week. Um, my plans are up in the air. I'm not really sure. I'm supposed to do some. Uh, so what we do every year is we decorate trees uh, for a bunch of, um, I think it's like condos and stuff like that around the city. And I think I'm supposed to be joining them on Monday. I'm not really too sure. We're going to get them all done in the week. And it's like from like five o'clock on to like eight. And the weekends, it's like from like 8 a.m. to like 8 p.m. Just doing trees all all day. All day. Trees all day. Will that be the title of this episode? I don't know. Hashtag trees all day. <laughs> Thank you all for listening and watching. We'll be back next week. Have a great weekend. Go play some NHL 22.